music is so literally soul food for me. It feeds my soul, and that's you know you get brain food, you know, and and you get heart food or whatever from things. But I tell you what, music is it for me. It does the trick. Hi everyone, and welcome to the last episode of 2018 for the Better Each Day podcast radio show featuring Linda Nicole Blair. Nicole Blair, welcome to the show. You are a, you are a musician, teacher, and writer. Yeah. So that's a lot of hats. <laughs> they all fit pretty well together. How was it? It's like a hat with a hat with a. It's a multicolored hat. <laughs> How is it? Uh, you got into music as a child, or? Yeah, I started playing the piano when I was four or five years old. I don't really remember anymore. I just remember. My brothers all play the piano, and my mother made them take piano lessons. And, um, you know, we had a piano in our house from the time I was born, so I wanted to be like my brothers. So I would climb up on the on the piano bench and try my luck. Could you reach the pedals? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't, no. Uh, but then you got into guitar. Uh, yeah, I started playing the guitar. Actually, I picked up a ukulele when I was um, in the Girl Scouts when I was a kid because, um, you know, you go camping and you would play, we would play the ukulele and sing things like Kumbaya around the campfire, literally. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And so I started playing the ukulele and then um, I never picked up a guitar seriously to start playing it until about, I don't know, uh, probably... 10 years ago so um, I guess I've just been I don't know I just wanted to do it you play great I'm looking at oh, your, thanks. your early influences and and I, I listening to you I, I can, this makes sense but Carla Bonoff Joan Baez Joni Mitchell um, and of course everybody says Beatles and, and stuff like that the one that gets me you have Emmy Lou Harris you sound a lot like her the one that gets oh, wow. me, and, and I'm a fan of, of the family and a lot of their songs from the 60s, early 70s, Susan Cowsill. How does she fit oh, into yeah. it? Yeah. Well, Susan Cowsill, um, I think, was a big influence on me as a kid because she was two, she's two years younger than me. And I was always like, oh, man, she has a perfect life. <laughs> she gets to tour around the country and sing and dance and just you know hang out with her family i just thought it was the neatest thing ever and you know it was sort of like the musical version of um oh it was the here's a story of a lovely lady i mean it was like you know the brady bunch and then, 
Yeah, like the Brady Bunch, and then uh, they you know, inspired to the Partridge, the Partridge Sorry? family. They inspired the the Partridge family. Exactly, I was just going to say that. Yeah. And so they they're really the real Partridge family, and no one at the time knew it except me, of course. No, but um, I've always just had um, a lot of admiration for her, and she um, she is an incredible songwriter. She's a great songwriter, as it turns out, and she's been making new songs. Uh, writing new songs most of her life. And so now um, she and her brothers, uh, two of her brothers, tour. She's also been in other bands. Um, she worked with Dwight Twilley. I mean, she's she is quite the amazing musician on her own, um, in her own right. So she's been a huge influence on me and just really inspirational. She, so. she did a cover of Don't Worry Baby by the Beach Boys. Oh, Brian yeah. Wilson's song. That's really good. I've listened to it uh, probably 50 <sighs> times. And uh, She has the most beautiful voice. Yeah. Yeah, I think she exceeded really what the family did. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and she's um, she has been, I think she has inspired her brothers to keep making music, you know. And then her older brother, Bob, uh, Bob and Paul have been, they're the two that tour together, the three of them tour together. And her brother Barry was um, drowned in Katrina. Yeah. That was pretty sad. But anyway, I know you don't want to talk all about that, but just <laughs> she has been a big influence on me. Oh, I have the ability to edit anything out that I want. So. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> we can go off on any. I guess, that, yeah, we're not exactly live here. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, I know. It just feels weird. I have lots so. of, well, that's why I asked the question, because it's <laughs> it's a human interest thing, and I'm kind of a closet cow seal guy. Are you really? Oh, oh yeah, good yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. I like all kinds of stuff, but yeah, I grew up with them, too, and when I was learning to play Yay. guitar, I was learning their songs and stuff. And, and Yeah. And then I hear them interviewed later, you know, just in the past few years, and they're saying the same things I was saying. They were listening to the Beatles, and they, they yeah. wanted to have hair like that, but their parents wouldn't let them do it. And it was yeah. <laughs> very parallel st stories. But I, well, I, you know, they they um they also got um you know, did you see the film that they made? Uh, just a teeny bit. It it really reveals sort of a tragic side of the family. Very sad, yeah. But yeah. Uh, and that's the backstories. We all have that, you know. I haven't met anybody right? that doesn't have a hasn't run into resistance or <laughs> adversities at some level, uh, you know. Just yeah. But uh, I saw an interview of Steven Tyler, front guy, uh, lead singer of Aerosmith. Uh-huh. Cow Seal fan. Really? <laughs> I know. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. I know. I thought, jeez, my whole life I'm going, you know, well, yeah, I kind of like the Cow Seals, but Steven Tyler can do it. <laughs> um, I'm in, you know. So. That's awesome. Oh, my God. I just love him even more now. <laughs> That's what it did to me, too. <laughs> I thought you were what like a great a, guy. You wrote the, I love him for admitting it. Yeah, you wrote the textbook on post-Mick Jagger frontmen for rock bands. God. So let's talk about, which, which song do you want to talk about first? My favorite right now is By Your Side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have told me I've gotten some good feedback on that on Reverb Nation. Um, I don't even know where that came from. Honestly, I just, um, I was, a lot of my songs just, um, I don't know. It's like I sit down with a guitar and I start messing around just with chords and rhythm and, you know, thinking about 
you know, maybe I saw a story in the news. Maybe I was thinking about, um, you know, just relationships in general. And I don't know. I have no idea. Can we do this? I'm gonna I'm gonna start this line and you finish it. If wishes were horses, beggars would surely ride. Yeah. Where did that come from? Well, you know that um, that old saying: "If wishes were horses, beggars would ride." I stole that. Oh, okay. That's what <laughs> I I'm... totally stole that, but I put surely in there because. You know, I wanted to kind of give it a little bit of, you know, like an irony. You know, there's a little bit of sarcasm in there. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) well, a few years from now, you can say it's original and nobody will know the difference. It's an old saying, wishes were horses, beggars would ride. And I just kind of twisted it just a tad. How come I didn't know that? I don't know. Maybe because you didn't grow up in the South. I don't know. Beggars would surely ride Would I go with them? I just can't decide If everything I want And everything I need Is here by your side your side If God was a woman Would there be any war It wouldn't be the shooting kind She'd just walk out the door Looking for what she wants for everything she needs by her side by her By your, 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 by
Where are you from? I detect a little bit of an accent. From Mississippi. Mississippi. Well, that's... Mm-hmm. South Mississippi. I grew up in a little town called Laurel, which if you look on HGTV, there is a show called um, Hometown, and, there, and it features Laurel, Mississippi. It's really cool. It's like one of those fixer-upper shows. Okay. And um, the people that run the show were were brought up in Laurel, and they went away to college. They met each other, got married, and decided, hey, let's do a fixer-upper show, and let's base it in Laurel. <laughs> What's the so population? Kind of Is it... Oh, I don't know. Maybe not much more than 20,000 people. Depending it's on what day of the town. week. Yeah, that, the town I grew up in is about like that now. In fact, it's quite a bit smaller. But yeah, it's Laurel more... might be smaller, too. I don't know. Yeah. Where did you grow up? Aberdeen. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, so Elvis was from Mississippi, wasn't he? A Tupelo, uh-huh. Yeah. So Which is North Mississippi. Lots of music comes out of Mississippi. Yep, we got some good stuff. Must be the water. I don't know. I mean, I think um, I've studied literature as well, and I think, um, you know, William Faulkner, obviously, and um, Eudora Welty. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them, but um, I think... I've also studied the blues and um, the history of the blues and the culture of the blues and, you know, the relationship between blues and rap and jazz and all that stuff. And I think, you know, if you look at people who struggle and people who are being discriminated against or held down or um, I think that they find ways to express themselves that go beyond their circumstances. And I think a lot of that music comes from slave days. Uh, the blues started in the slave days and my you know from my reading i've kind of figured out that if it hadn't been for the blues we wouldn't have rock and roll yeah (laughs) it's all connected yeah you're not alone on that thought and i think uh, that theme holds true a lot to music that a lot of good music comes out of oppression that's right and uh, blues certainly did and of course Mm-hmm. So the guys in England got a hold of it and sent uh-huh. it, sent it back as British invasion. They called it. That's but, right. But, That's right. But it probably originated right. in your hometown. Oh no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true. Do you have a process for writing songs, or they just kind of come to you out of thin air? Tough question I, I because think, yeah. Well, it depends. It depends because <laughs> I think some of my songs are based on, like I wrote a song based on um, a poem by. Emily Dickinson called Wild Night and I just turned the song into Wild Night which I sort of based I based my lyrics on hers and I used some of like three or four of her words in my song but it's an original song I mean you know but um, I did that and I've written a couple of others that are like um, in my second CD I have a song called I Have No Answer and I based that one on a poem by uh, Edna St. Vincent Millay. So, I mean, there's, you know, that kind of stuff. And then there's, like, I wrote Tennessee Honey. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Um, where did that even come from? I think I was just 
again, I was kind of messing around with, I wanted to tell a story. And so I thought of the phrase, Tennessee honey, Mississippi shine, like short for moonshine. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hmm. And so I just kind of messed around and I had several rough drafts of that song and then ended up with what I've got. was a farmer up in the hills he never had a nickel always had a still he could take a flower and grind it into gold he built a little kingdom but he lost his soul making Tennessee honey Mississippi shine Made a little money, drank away his time He never saw it coming till it knocked him down Tennessee, honey, a Mississippi shine met a lady Lily was her name Lily out of Wild Street Papa couldn't tame He took her for the real thing but she took him for a fool and on the way to church she took him to school Tennessee honey Mississippi shine she was making love, she was making time He never saw it coming, cause it kicked him from behind Tennessee, honey, Mississippi, shine Oh 
So it kind of depends. I think sometimes I have an idea. Mostly it comes when I'm, um, I have to have time, right? So I have to have blocks of time where I'm not busy doing other stuff. And then I just kind of sit down with my guitar and whatever happens to be. Sometimes I think what's been on my mind lately. Sometimes I have an idea for a song and I'll sit down and start messing around with chords and rhythms and I don't know. It's, it varies. What was the inspiration behind Monday Morning Blue? I have no idea. <laughs> Other than Monday Morning being blue? Well, I think um, I was trying, I wanted to write a song that was that had a good beat to it, and I wanted to do something that was a little bit sexy, you know, yeah. something about relationships. And, um, you know, we've all had those relationships that, you thought we're going somewhere and then it just kind of went blah and you're like what happened (laughs) you were so happy yesterday (laughs) now today you don't want to talk to me um so i think i was just trying to create like a story like a scenario and then sort of um you know created a character i guess and a storyline
Monday morning blue Monday morning blue Can we talk about your teaching? Sure. What do you want to know? <laughs> Everything. I want to know your entire life in three sentences. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Um, I got a degree in music, so I have a BA in piano, and then I went back to school and got my MA and PhD in English, and I, I've been teaching some kind of literature or writing since I was about 22, and I've been, I've taught um, at the, in my graduate school, I taught, and then I got my first job in Hayes, Kansas, um, and then I moved here. And I've been teaching, I taught at TCC for a while, and then at UWT part-time. A lot of the listeners are not local, so what are these colleges oh, that you mentioned? Tacoma Community College. Okay. Um, and it's, they, have a, a, they have a branch in Gig Harbor, so I taught part-time there, while I was also teaching part-time at the University of Washington, Tacoma, which um, where I'm teaching now. Um, so I've kind of worked myself, worked my career um, after teaching 12 years as a part-time instructor, quarter to quarter, then I was hired year to year. And then in 2016, I was hired on a, on a long-term contract as a senior lecturer. So um, it's been a long and interesting career. You still have fine time to uh, perform and write and record. Yeah, and I'll make the time. You're busy. Well, you know, life is short, right? It gets shorter every year. Life is short, and I want to I want to do as much as I possibly can, and and have a great time doing it. And then when I look back on my life, I can go, hey, that's that's pretty fun. That you know, have had an impact because I think you've taught a lot of people, and your music is is great. It's inspirational. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate that. I'm just you know, and I'm I'm constantly writing. I write a song at least once a week, if not two times a week I'll try to write something and not every you know as a songwriter you know this is true not everything you write ends up being anything but it's the practice of songwriting that's good right because yeah. we all learn we learn from everything we do so I record a lot of just what I think are kind of lame ideas or I write stuff down and years um, later I'll pull it back up and, or I'll just <laughs> think of it again and it'll become something else so right uh, I love of, that. It all kind of comes around again. But yeah, I, I think if I didn't write down some what seemed to be just menial, insignificant things, uh, I'd forget them. So sometimes. That's right. Sometimes you That's exactly right. Uh, one time I, I, was, I, was, um, I was in North Mississippi um, and I was attending what is known as the North Mississippi Hill Picnic. And it, it happens every year uh, north of Oxford, Mississippi. They have a place where they hold this big, huge concert venue for two days. It's amazing. Um, and if you're ever interested, you should go. Yeah. It is incredible. Um, as part of the deal, you can pay a little bit extra and get lessons from the artists who are performing at the picnic. So Luther Dickinson is was one of my teachers. Um, and um, so anyway, I was on the way to this workshop thing, and I thought of a song on the road to Memphis, and I pulled off the side of the road, and I had my cell phone, and I recorded 
just the verses that were in my head right then and kind of a an idea. Yeah. And then I got back on the road and kept driving because I was afraid I would forget it. Uh-huh. So I love I love cell phones for that because they have the little it's so easy to record stuff now. Yeah, and some of the recordings I've recorded on just about anything that will record, and you listen back, <laughs> you listen back, and they sound like hell. You know what, what was that? But the idea is there. You know, there's just That's enough right. to remind you of what it was, and of course, you hope nobody ever hears the recording because it sounds like you were drunk or something. <laughs> Right. That's exactly right. But if we didn't, right, I feel the same way. If you don't write it down, it's gone. And I I sort of um, think about it like a kite in the sky. And when the wind catches the idea, when when it starts to go, you got to catch it. Because if you let it go and go, oh, well, I'll get another one, you won't get another one. So you even even think poetically, don't you? Do you have dreams of uh, music? Paul McCartney says he thought of yesterday, the melody of yesterday, in a dream. Whoa. Well, he called it scrambled eggs because he hadn't made up the lyrics. So he sang (laughs) scrambled eggs. (laughs) (laughs) And later it turned into an omelet. Oh, Oh my God. That's amazing. I wish I could be that lucky. Music trivia. Oh, you're doing it. You know, you just don't realize how you're doing. I think everybody's <laughs> yeah. everybody's brain is this warehouse, but you have to figure out how to open the door kind of, you know. And sometimes That's right. Sometimes well, some the, people use drugs. I I would ne- I would never do that. That's just not who I am. No, that's uh, <laughs> leaving home and you might not be able to find your way back. Yeah, I'm not really into that. Yeah, me either. I'm <laughs> I like, think I think writing every day is my is my key. I'm hearing that more and more. In fact, the last episode that I did was a woman. She lost her brother as a teen. He was killed in a bicycle accident. Uh, he was oh, hit no. by a car when he was 13. She was 16. And she carried that around with her a long time. And it wasn't until she really got into writing and she wrote a book that brought a lot of peace to her. And then she wrote songs. And mm. uh, yeah, it's the the last episode that I published. Um, and the songs are really good. She had other people mm. play the songs and stuff. And you wouldn't know that it was a, a Jewish white woman that lives in Canada that she, I, I don't know how old she is. I would guess close to 70. Uh-huh. But the song is done by uh, one of them. The song in particular was done by a black guy from Philadelphia. Cool. So <laughs> you'd never guess who the songwriter was. It's like that a, is cool. It's like the librarian wrote a rock song or something. Good for her. I know. I thought that's that's really cool. But it, it, because of the writing, is the point I was going to make. It, it really gave her some healing well you know i think some people some people where i work probably think i'm a freak you know you you do what yeah you, you play the guitar and you sing at clubs and you make cds and i'm like well why not <laughs> i feel the same everybody that, has their thing i man. feel the same that people think that of me sometimes too but i don't give it much thought because i think it's inconsequential to the history of the planet and it's fun but but i also think everybody has it in them they just don't do it and i think if if everybody was busy creating there wouldn't be as much of the destruction in the world i agree there i go being all philosophical but that's what i do no i totally agree with you i think um i mean i tried to um i try to use my music in my classroom too i teach a class on, on literature and music and I try to expose students to the fact that 
music isn't just something for other people to do. Yeah. You can you can do it too. You can write words. You can experiment with sound. And I've taught the class a couple of times. And every time I teach it, I learn something about how to tweak it and make it better. You're learning from the students, though. That's a good thing. Oh, definitely. Every time. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think everybody has the music. It's the most universal language, I think, that there is. And and you don't have to be able to read, and you don't have to be able to play piano. or mm-hmm. That's what I get people, you know, oh, I can't read music. I, so? try to, I try to tell most pop guys, those people don't read music. When I went to college, you probably ran into this. I major, majored in uh, music as well. and Oh, did you? Yeah, at WSU. Cool. I really played by ear quite a bit, so uh-huh. I, I couldn't sight read as well as the symphonic orchestra people. But, yeah. but they couldn't write, and they couldn't <laughs> they couldn't play blues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until I met a guy named Jimmy Washington from Mississippi. Neat. Yeah, and he was. Uh, I'm about five six. He was about six six. I'm about the whitest Whoa. guy on the planet. And he was a black guy, and he talked like a guy from Mississippi that really had an accent. Cool. But when we played blues together, it was like we grew up in the same house. It was. Just, oh yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it was just amazing. And we just looked at each other and laughed, like you know, we were two completely polar opposite looking people, you know. But we just communicated perfectly that way. And, and I don't know where I got blues. I off of records, I guess, because not a lot of yeah. people played it in the area I was growing up in. But but yeah, you take the uh, blues scale minor third minor seven and throw it into a rock deal and now you got a rock solo so yeah you're going i mean uh, the you know and the thing is that um um you know the the whole the relationship between all of those different kinds of music i've learned so much more about that since i started playing the guitar and hanging out with musicians i would love hanging out with musicians oh, I i've know. learned so much yeah you know, and I just, I've learned a lot more about that. And I do think, I will say this about my own, my own um, mu- musicality or whatever. I do, I am very grateful for the fact that I learned, that I play the piano and I learned all of that. I learned scales and I learned all that because it really does help me when I sit down to do a song. I know the relationship between keys yeah. and that helps me tremendously. And, um, you know, this, a little bit of theory goes a long way. Um, it, it, absolutely. And in and, and learning, uh, this was a student, a fellow student that told me this. He said, yeah, learn all those scales and then forget them. Otherwise, when you play music, it'll just sounds like, sound like you're playing scales. And yeah. It's true. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's good to know all that stuff. But it has to become second nature, as you well know. I and, think so. And that's, yeah. where, that's where the music comes from. You are in that you're very up, and that's one of the things that I like. If anything, if people spend a half hour listening to the show, I want them to feel good and, and positive about things because there are so many things out there that aren't now. And Well, I, you know, I would just say, I would just add that music has been, how do I, how do I encapsulate this? Music is so literally soul food for me it feeds my soul and that's you know you get brain food you know and and you get heart food or whatever 
from things, but I tell you what, music is it for me. It does the trick, and I, um, I love music. I'm so grateful to my parents for all of the music education, for paying for all of the music lessons, for letting me, for giving me that gift. Because it is definitely, it's a lifesaver. It is. Goodness said it better. That's what it's all about, right? I think so. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bruce. I'll let you go now. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for your time and uh, enjoy your Saturday. Oh, you too. Well, I hope hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, yeah. Talk soon. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. Radio Show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. And we're all just trying to make the next day a bit better.